This is a test of the emergency podcast system. Activated by contract termination. Rumors of our demise are greatly exaggerated. Welcome to Stacy on the Right with your host, Stacy Washington. She's blessed to be a Bible reading, gun toting, Air Force veteran, wife, and mom, righteously American. Welcome to the show today, Stacey Washington here on LifeSet TV, and we have a jam-packed program for you. First of all, lots of melting down going on on the left because guess what? Kamala Harris is out, and apparently her not being in the race anymore is due solely to the fact that leftists, Democrats, and people who vote in Democratic primaries are all misogynistic, you know, donkeys, people who just hate women. They hate women of color. And so that that's why she's not winning. Now, it doesn't matter that she had a crazy platform that didn't actually have any grounding in reality or that she had a laugh that people hate. I, I myself didn't really mind it, but most people hated that laugh. She wasn't likable. Um, and there was a bit of a, a weird, almost like you thought she might smack you with a ruler across the knuckles type of equality to her even though she's not anybody's mom, like she doesn't have any kids. So uh, it's it's interesting to see her take up the same mantle as Hillary Clinton and blame the voters for not liking her. The idea, last I checked, in a primary or any election where you're the candidate is to get people to like your ideas while liking you enough to donate to your campaign, create some momentum, and propel you through the primary into the general where you would then go on to shellac to a major, like big deal status, the opponent on the other side. She wasn't even able to make it out of the primary. Now, I will say this. I don't think that it's such an enormous failure. Like when I look at failed presidential candidates, I look at them with a different kind of an eye than I do people who have failed at other things because we've only had 45 US presidents, 45. We have 320 million people in this country, if you include the illegal aliens. And so that's a lot of people to be among 20 or 30 or even 100,000, however many candidates the Democrats have, out of 320 million to make it to you know the, a reasonable amount of time. I still think it's an accomplishment. I think it's an accomplishment to even run for the presidency. It takes a lot of work. It takes a lot of money. It takes a lot of organization. And you have to be the kind of person who thinks you think deep within yourself that you can not only run this country, but that you can convince other Americans to put you in a position to run this country. So I take it a little differently. Now, that being said, my, I still hold the position that she only held on as long as she did until it just got embarrassing for her, too embarrassing for her to continue because she really, really wants to get that vice presidential nod. It would set her up to run for president herself later on because she's relatively young, especially when you compare her to the front runners, Elizabeth Warren, Joe Biden, and Bernie Sanders are all in their 70s. They're not approaching, they're in their 70s. They're firmly in the 70 decade. You're like they're they're there. They're <laughs> they're they're in their 70s. So I I I think it's interesting. Now there were a bunch of different um kind of images for for us out there with Kamala Harris dropping out. And there was also this other story. Um, and Kamala, this, this part is connected to her, but 
It's also a problem that the Democrats have, which is that they're so woke, they're too woke for their own good. They're actually really upset, the Democrats are, and they're all over Twitter talking about the fact that now that Kamala Harris has dropped out of the race, there's nothing left but white people. And why did I say it like that? Because that's actually a thing, saying white people, white people. Now, you know, I don't care about demographics. For me, it's not whether or not a candidate on the Republican side is black or white or uh, a man or a woman or what have you. It's what their ideas are. But you see the tweets up here. You've got all of the candidates who currently qualify for the Democratic debate in December being white. Sanders, Warren, Biden, Mayor Pete, Klobuchar, and Steyer. And then this person goes on to say, Lauren Duca, actually, she's, she's like a real person. White supremacy is not just a Fox News problem, folks. Well, first of all, why does she feel like white supremacy is a problem on uh, Fox News when they have Harris Faulkner, um, Lawrence Jones? I mean, there, there are so many blacks on Fox News, not just the regular hosts, there, which there are a few, but they also have all of their contributors stable. It's just, I mean, has she ever heard of David Webb? Or is she aware of any other black people? I've been on Fox News before. So many people I know who are black, Kathy Barnett. I could just name people all day long, Christopher Harris, um, who, and obviously the bigger names like Diamond and Silk and um, Dr. Alveda King. And of course, who can forget Candace Owens, who've all been regulars on Fox News. What are they talking about? How can white supremacy be a Fox News problem? So again, when you're as woke as the Democrats currently are, this is a problem. So now that they've got the whole idea going, people continue to kind of put in their tweets and their opinions. You got this guy, Judd Legume, talking about uh, the Democratic Party creating a process which includes Steyer but excludes Cory Booker. Congrats. Well, why would Cory Booker be excluded? Could it be that he also has a problem with likability? He has an issue with getting voters to be really motivated on his campaign beyond a smaller subset of individuals. We're talking national appeal where every state he goes to, he's able to turn out large crowds, turn bring in donations and get that buy-in. That's where people are willing to phone bank. They're willing to sign up at one of the you know, voter information centers, get out the vote centers. They're willing to do something like be a block captain. Uh, if Cory Booker can't motivate people to do that, then you're right. He shouldn't be in the final tier of candidates for December's debate. It's really, I mean, did you hear that? It sounds like I'm actually defending the process by which the Democrats are narrowing down their field. And in, I guess, theory, I am because you do need a process by which to winnow the field. You have to, you can't have that many candidates for the whole time. It will turn voters off and it will make it impossible for them to eventually get to a nominee. This country is still majority white. And the idea that everywhere we look, we have to basically be bean counters and say, oh, I, I see 10 people standing over there. There needs to be at least, you know, two black people there or, Honestly, at 13.8% of the population, that would mean there'd be one black person standing there. The fact that they had Kamala Harris and Cory Booker in their primary means blacks were overrepresented in the primary process. So you got to win. That's the big deal here. They have to have the ability to win, no matter what their ethnic background. So I thought it was pretty funny that they were freaking out about it. Now, 
speaking of the Democratic primary, you've got Elizabeth Warren, who she has a bunch of really crazy ideas. And I want to watch this clip here. It's a mashup of a bunch of the things she said on the campaign trail. And I just ask you, as you watch and listen to her on these different stages and whatnot, does this sound like someone who should be running the entirety of the United States, so the entire executive branch and the commander-in-chief of the U.S. Armed Forces? Just tell me if you think this sounds right. It's number two. And I wore my pink Planned Parenthood scarf. Now that's two. So here's my plan for number three. I'm going to be wearing that scarf when I'm sworn in as president of the United States. The presidential candidate, what are your thoughts on the Electoral College? Uh, I want to get rid of it. So here's my goal. My goal is to get elected and then to be the last American president elected by the Electoral College. I want the second term to be that I got elected by direct vote. I'm ready. Popular vote. Um, I just think this is how a democracy should work. Call me old-fashioned, but I think the person who gets the most votes should win. Go we can do all of that and one more thing. So you heard that, right? She actually wants to eliminate the Electoral College, and she's got some Planned Parenthood scarf that she's been wearing a lot of places, and she wants to wear it to her swearing in. Now, her clothing choices are her own. I don't care what she wears to swearing in, because if she's elected to the presidency, then really you're electing Planned Parenthood to run the country because she is beholden to them to a degree that's almost frightening. But for the Electoral College discussion she's having, I wonder why it is that no person who's ever been on one of these moderator stages or has asked her this question has ever follow up to say, if we're eliminating the Electoral College, what other constitutional issues should we go through and eliminate? What other amendments, what other, so constitutional amendments, parts of the Bill of Rights. What what other things do we need to eliminate since we're on a tear to completely remake the United States of America because it's just not good enough for you, rich lady who thought you were an Indian? Uh, what else do we need to destroy? If the Electoral College is innately flawed and needs to be eliminated, it speaks to the viability of the entire document and the Bill of Rights. I personally don't ever want to open up the opportunity for Democrats to start remaking the Constitution, which means her ideas about the Electoral College are flim-flam talk. Only losers talk like that. If she were winning the Electoral College, if a Democrat had won the Electoral College last time but lost the popular vote, she would be in the same position that the Republicans were in, not because she's a constitutional adherent, but because she would not want to lose an edge that had been given to her. This is ridiculous, and we can't allow it to keep going on. When the debate process has been narrowed down, my hope is that at least one of these debates, maybe if Fox has another debate, one of the moderators will have the actual wherewithal to ask her to fully explain why it is that when Democrats lose the Electoral College, we need to eliminate it. So that takes us over to impeachment. Uh, there's been a real... I think it's a disgrace. It's utterly disgraceful that the president is having to put up with this garbage going on at home while he's overseas working with NATO members. That being said, Matthew Continetti of the award-winning Washington Free Beacon pointed out that they have a big elephant in the room that they're going to have to deal with if they actually want to impeach the president. It's number one. This time. There better be. I mean, I think we might have gone into this process thinking how many Republicans the president would lose. 
That's no longer the question. Now the question is how many Democrats will Nancy Pelosi and Adam Schiff lose? Because as we've seen in this report, there's nothing new. And one thing that I think has harmed the Democrats' case with both Mueller and Ukraine is that there's a lack of an actual, of a, of a crime, of a something that people can viscerally understand, say a break-in at a hotel, say a video record of perjury that everyone can see. In both Mueller and Ukraine, you're reaching for larger questions of abuse of office, inappropriate behavior, and I think that makes it harder to make the case for impeachment. So it's harder to make the case for impeachment without the lack of a visible, so with the lack of a visible crime. Now, I agree with them, but I also have just one more issue with it, which is Americans have already shown in poll after poll after poll that the movement in this country right now is away from impeachment. People are not looking at this process and saying, tell me more, I need to be convinced. They're tuned out of it. They're not interested in it. And they're wanting the Democrats to move on to something else. Now, I don't think the Democrats are going to do that. This is their Hail Mary. I continue to believe that RBG, uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg, is very ill. And they're looking at the possibility that she is, you know, going to pass away. Now, I'm not wishing for it. I never, there's, there's no way I'm wishing death on a, a healthy, viable person. She's, she's going to go when it's her time. But the liberals are all afraid of her dying because they know that the president would be able to appoint her replacement. They'll kick and they'll scream and they'll drag that person through the mud and make that person's life a living hell, but they know it's going to happen. So the idea that they could impeach him, and even if they don't remove him from office, they could say, well, he's been impeached and therefore he doesn't have the, uh, the right, if you will, to appoint someone in uh, in light of the fact that he's been impeached, you have to see if he's reelected. You have to let the voters weigh in. That's what we're going to start hearing them say if Ruth Bader Ginsburg passes away. Now, I don't. I don't think it's right. Um, but the they they've been doing this since he was elected. Pre, I, I, there's a little known fact: President Trump never got the honeymoon period the most new presidents get. That's the first 12 months in which everyone is excited. There's a new president. Even the losing side will kind of defer to this new president because they feel, you know, the person has a right to at least settle into office and get a few things done before they really start kicking and screaming. Well, the Democrats never gave this grace period or honeymoon period to President Trump. So they've been fighting him tooth and nail since the very day he was inaugurated. And there's no way they're going to stop. There's no way they're going to slow down or stop the, you know, let the momentum slide. But I do think there's a, a very strong possibility that the resistance fatigue will set in. And for everybody but the most rabid of Democrats, this is going to become really old hat. And it's going to propel a lack of enthusiasm for the candidate who eventually becomes the nominee on the Democratic side. And I'll say one more thing. There is a constituency group that has been conspicuously absent from the conversation of late. The Black community. Where is Black Lives Matter? Where are, where's the NAACP? Where are these huge organizations that speak for quote unquote black America? Where are they in supporting candidates? Why did we not see black America throw their hat and all of their weight behind Kamala Harris? Well, I can tell you because she's not ADOS. She's not an American 
uh, African-American descendant of a slave. Um, why didn't we see Black America throw their weight behind Cory Booker? He's not like likable. He called himself Spartacus and he's always screaming at people about homosexual sex. It's not good. It's not a good look. Um, so we have the Black community kind of standing on the sidelines in dismay which is the reason why President Trump has been moving so hard and fast at, at trying to garner those votes and get people to consider the platform that he's running on for re-election. I think it's sad to see the Democrats in this perpetual temper tantrum status where they can't, they can't get anything done. They, USMCTA has been sitting uh, on Nancy Pelosi's desk for 365 days now. Uh, this is a trade deal that needs to be passed. It helps not just Republican Americans and moderate Americans and right-leaning Americans and Bible Belt Americans. It helps any American who's working in this country right now because it resets the table with our two closest trading partners, Mexico and Canada. Not even a whiffle about voting on that. So uh, it's it remains to be seen who will be their nominee. But with Kamala Harris out, Cory Booker completely, he, he might as well drop out too. And so many others of no consequence, um, the, the Democrats have some problems going forward at, in their primary. And the Democrat debate in December, so that's this month, y'all. We're already in December. It's Christmas time, as you can see, by day four of the headbands. And I am just really surprised and interested to know uh, who's going to watch that in a month where we're literally, come on, I've got my hot cocoa. I'm putting out the Christmas decorations. Everyone is in the Christmas spirit. Who is going to want to stop that to watch the Democrats debate? I may have to watch it and live tweet it just so I can be on the JLB. But I don't think many other Americans are going to want to do it. So that is the show for today. I'm Stacey Washington. And this is Stacey on the Right on LifeZet TV. And we'll be back with you tomorrow.